All right, please turn in your Bibles to the last chapter of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. While you turn there, I was thinking of Ryan leading the music, and I guess I led the music at winter camp for the first seven years or so, and and I don't exactly remember how it happened. I just know it happened really quickly, and Ryan was really willing to lead the music, and and he did that for a few years for us, and of course he does it here, and very thankful to see God growing him and using him like that. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, the last lesson we had toward the end of the year seemed real appropriate, even though it wasn't timed that way. We, we've just been going through this entire book, and we were encouraged in chapter 11 to remain active. And, and we, we had helps in there that, that we might avoid looking to excuses for not being active in the work of the Lord. Or, you know, no matter what the circumstances are, nothing ever excuses us from serving the Lord. It's, that's what we are meant to do. And so we, we start out tonight seeing this same idea focused toward youth, the word is. And it's, it's wonderful to see young people serve the Lord. Now that doesn't mean this lesson is, is only for young people. It's, it doesn't mean that there's not something here for everyone. There really is. Because wherever we are and whatever measure of strength and ability we have, it's, it's always more than another. And there's always something that we can do to serve the Lord. But look with me in verse 1, and we are going to start out with a focus toward the youth. It says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Titled the first verse, Satisfaction. You know, as I said, there are a lot of young people. I've witnessed in this church through some years now, young adults and, and teenagers and others who, who are truly serving the Lord. And, and what a blessing it is. But, but you've also heard those who have said, well, you know what, I'll get more serious about the things of God maybe after I get married and have children. That's the thing for the family to do. So I'll get serious at that point in time. You know, and, and that's said because people really want to satisfy self. It's in the flesh of everyone. And, and some people just have a focus of, of, of trying to, to satisfy themselves the way they think they should, the way they think they're going to have some enjoyment. But we have a true recipe for satisfaction here tonight. And, you know, and as, as we share these words, I can't help but think of parents and grandparents maybe who have shared with their children or, or shared with their grandchildren. 
you know, in different words, obviously, but but really along the lines of what we see here. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. You know, we see this word remember, and we are to remember the one who gave us physical life. Ultimately, that's God. The one who has given us eternal life. We're, we're, we're no doubt to remember Him. You know, we're destined for failure if we forget God. And I tell you what, in, in a busy, distracting world and, and the temptations of the flesh, you, you might think, who would do that? Well, people do. And it's a devastating thing to happen. We're to remember the, our Creator in the days of our youth. We're to meditate on His Word. We're to reflect on the character of God. We're to be thankful for His goodness. Remember God. Remember Him. Think about Him. But it's not just about thinking about Him when we consider remembering God. Because our meditation on Him and our thinking about God, it's to have a reaction. When we truly remember God, then we're going to be trusting His promises. We're going to read His Word looking for what we should be doing. And so in turn of remembering God... We're going to be obedient to God. Live a life with the constant sensitivity of the fact that our lives are to be lived for Him. When we remember God, we're going to have a fear of God. And and when I say fear of God, I'm talking about a, a reverence, a respect You might even call it an anxiousness, as in anxious to please God. All of that, you know, there's things about God that should should scare us to death. Uh, You know, I've said it before, I've said it recently, I'd be scared to death to to fall away from church and, and to backslide and what it might do to God's people and you know, my family and, and my loved ones and those lost people I'm witnessing to, things like that. I, I'm scared to death of that. But when we think of fear of God, it's, it's a good, healthy respect of God that we're going to have. And when we remember Him, those things are going to come. I mean, look at who He is. He's our Creator. We, we don't believe that that our ancestors swung from trees. And, and th- th- that came down to us. And that's, that's not what we believe. We believe God is our Creator. Jesus Christ is our Creator. And the significance of that, in the aspect of obeying God, what we believe, it's going to unfold in our behavior. You think about people who don't believe in the true God. You think about people who say they don't believe in a God at all. And there's a certain behavior that that comes with that. And with God being our creator, there's going to be a behavior that follows that. 
What we believe has everything to do with how we act and think. So to reflect on our Creator with an intent to obey when we do reflect on Him, that will lead us to find and fulfill the very special purpose that He has for us. And that's where satisfaction lies. I started out saying it's so easy in our young years to look to satisfy self and think this makes me happy so I'm going to immerse myself in this or that. Satisfaction comes in knowing God and serving Him, reflecting on God, thinking about Him, trusting Him in all we do. That's the source of true happiness. The only way to have true joy is to trust in Jesus Christ personally as Lord and Savior. And that should be done as early as possible. The Bible says, those that seek Him early shall find Him. There's a focus in the beginning here of the days of thy youth. You know, there's so much that can be done with the energy of the young and the strong that can't be done later. What we're seeing here tonight is a motivation to do what we can while we can with the strength that we have. I mean, there, there's ministry that's going to go on at the church here. There's a funeral service that will be here, and we need tables and chairs set up in the gym for 150 people. Guess what? Those that are a part of the basketball ministry are going to do that this Friday night. And there's, there's nothing to slight about doing something like that in service to God. That's important. It's something that's going to help the ministry. It's, going, it's something that's going to help the church to minister to someone else. And so you're going to have young, strong people putting those tables and chairs out. You know, when it's 100 degrees in the summer, who best to do some door knocking door to door than young people who can endure that kind of temperature and that kind of weather? You know, and, and, and in order to do that, one needs to be spiritually exercising to know the Word of God and be able to, to be able to go out and to do that. And so you think about the importance of what can be done while someone is young and strong before that is lost, before that is gone, before they lose the joy they could have over the temporary happiness of immersing our lives into something else and being distracted. The days of one's youth is very important. Now, I was, I was accused of treating teenagers kind of like adults and expecting certain things out of them. And I, I, ju I just believed in them and I had hope in them and I, I knew what they were capable of in the Lord. But don't get me wrong, I, I think a five-year-old ought to be able to be a five-year-old. I don't think we ought to be trying to graduate them from college by eight years old. You know, I think a, I think a kid ought to be able to play and have fun. A 13-year-old ought to be a 13-year-old and to be able to enjoy no debt and no bills for that time as a child before they grow up into the responsibilities and, and all that they do. I, I think that that's good and I think that's important. Have fun and, and enjoy life. But 
that doesn't mean that a young person can't also be sincere about the work of the Lord and the things of the Lord and uh, sincere about their faith and doing what they can even as a teenager or a young adult in the Lord's work. You know, indulging in entertaining of self, that, that will crowd out the most important thing in life. And, and the Lord's work even in a young person's life is important they'll find that that's more fun than anything else anyway. To serve the Lord in the days of our youth, that's that's satisfaction right there, and that's what people are actually searching for in other places. While the clock is ticking, Solomon is urging people not not to go through their lives and forgetting and leaving out what's really going to satisfy them, what is most important, and that is service to God. As we look in verses 2 through 6, we see a description of what happens to us over time. We're about to talk about aging. And we're going to talk about what happens in our lives when we physically age. And when you look back at Verse 1, for the youth to remember their Creator, I can't help but see a motivation that it it might awaken us to say, hey, we're not going to be able to do everything we can do right now later. We need to be doing everything we can for the Lord right now. The Lord will use me, wants to use me, just as I am with the strength that I have, with with ability I have now that I won't have later to be able to use Him. So think about that. As we go into uh, what you might think is a little bit of a different talk tonight, but it's it's what we have in the Scriptures here as we look in verses 2 through 6. And, and so it helps us to understand how life gets in, in old age and that we might apply ourselves, whoever we are, at whatever age, with whatever we're able to do now and to continue to do it. And so we see in verse 2, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. Oh, the light and the brightness of our youth. You know, the thickness of clouds that darken the land, that just, that's starting to describe our years of maturity and the changes that are going to take place in life. While while the youth is bright, a spiritual foundation needs to be laid for the glory of God. But something else? To help with those mature years, to help with those darker years, if you will, according to what is being said in the Scriptures, with with what's coming with the changes in our lives, and the, the changes in what we're going to be able to do. And the end of verse 2 says, Nor the clouds return after the rain. It's continuous. Life is continuous. Our, our maturing, our aging is continuous. And, and it's going to go on and on as we increase in years. And, and we're going to face continuous storms. We face new storms the more we go through life. 
physically speaking, of our health. We face new storms as we continue on and increase in years. I'm not trying to say that as negativity. This isn't doom and gloom, you know, as we get older, like like everything's just going to get worse and worse. That's not it at all. But there's a reality that's being spoken of here. And as we look at our, our whatever energy, whatever age we have, whatever ability we have now, we should cherish that we can use that for the Lord in doing something for Him. So it's just the reality. We don't want to leave our heads in the sand that as we continue, health is going to change. We're going to get a little weaker, but that, that doesn't have to be a negative thing to take us over. I'll never forget a man that I got to spend a little bit of time with about twice a week. And as we gathered together, he, told, he gave me a list of all of his physical issues. He told me about the ailments that he experienced in life. And then he said to me what everyone here has probably heard from someone older than them, getting older isn't for sissies. And getting older isn't for wimps, whatever. I've heard that from many people. I heard that from this man. And by the way, as I say that, He wasn't bitter. This was a joyful man. And he wasn't bitter whatsoever. But it was the reality that he wanted me to know that getting older, it's not for wimps. And so, he just faced the reality that that youth is the, the spring and the early summer of life and old age is the fall and the winter of life. And as we go into detail... We'll call this a storm. As we go into detail about it, we first are going to look at upper strength in verse 3. Notice with me where it says, In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. I say upper strength because that phrase, keepers of the house, that speaks of our arms, And that speaks of our hands. And that speaks of an important strength that that we've had there. It's protected our body. I don't know about you, but I'd be glad to scrape up the palms of the hands and the elbows and the forearms rather than land on my face. That's what we've done. That's what we do, right? When we go to fall, we put our arms out. We put our hands out. And we might damage that, but that's a whole lot better than the other damage we would do. I fell so fast in basketball one time that I couldn't even get my hands out. I think I got them to my belly. And, and I hit the ground, and then my nose hit the ground. And bloodshed everywhere. I'm glad to have that protection. You know, the older we get, though, we lose that strength there. We become a little more fearful of that. And so that's exactly what he's talking about here concerning the keepers of the house shall tremble. We, we lose strength in that area. And, and so we're, we're glad to break our fall with our, with our arms and our hands now, but it's not always able to be that way. As we age, the arms and the hands, the keeper of the house, they tremble. And, and think about what else happens. You know, something else becomes broken when we can't break our fall with the way we usually do. And, and so there's the upper strength that we consider that, that starts to fade. But let's look at the lower strength in verse 3. 
and the strong men shall, shall bow themselves. And this speaks of the legs, which is a very important strength we have in our body. A whole lot of athletes in certain sports, they, they're considered past their prime in their mid-30s and on. And a big part of that is when they start losing leg strength and they don't have the timing with their legs and they can't do what they, they used to do with that lower strength anymore. And they become weak pretty quick. There's a, there's a lower strength that we start to lose. But we also see in verse 3, and the grinders cease because they are few. Solomon goes on to talk about the teeth here. You know, uh, I know a dentist and he, he promotes getting people in a plexiglass mouthpiece who grind their teeth at night. He says, he says you're going to have an eighth inch nub hanging out your gums if you don't get this plexiglass mouthpiece and sleep with it at night. The, you know, every, everything fades. Everything fades. You know, we, we like to sink our teeth into a good steak, but not everybody can do that anymore. I've known of older people who eat baby food, even. I mean, mashed potatoes and bananas, that, that works for people when they have a problem with, with their eating. And, and so Solomon's talking about all of these fading things, the, the upper strength, the lower strength, even the teeth. And then we look in verse 3 at the end of the verse and we see that he goes to sight, okay? And those that look out of the windows be darkened. Our, our sight starts to fade not too long after I came to Lakeway, it was, I came to Lakeway in 2011 and about 2013, I thought I was losing a desire to study. I would sit down with a subject or a, or a chapter of the Bible, excited to study it. After 30 minutes, I was exhausted and I wanted to stop. I thought I had a spiritual issue going on. When you haven't had an eyesight problem in 40 years... And you don't, you don't know that that's your problem. That's what it was. It was a physical issue. It, it, I was trying to read and I got exhausted. Things weren't lining up anymore and they were starting to look blurry. And I don't know how it happened, but I discovered eyeglasses. And I put them on and I was back spiritually. And I was excited to study. It was the eyes that were starting to fade. You know? There, there's a movie I watch and it shows stages of someone's life and, and toward the end of their life, those glasses are so thick, you know, and their eyes look big. People wear contacts today and people get laser, you know, eye surgery, whatever, LASIK eye surgery. But, but the sight, no doubt, it starts to fade and it's that way with most people. And, and so we go from that to verse 4 in sound. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of grinding is low. Shelley got me to move about 12 years ago. And one of the main perks to me was I had a door on the washroom now. If you're trying to watch TV, 
or you're trying to talk to somebody in the living room of my old house, you heard, those, you heard that dryer going, and the button on your jeans hitting the side of that dryer, you know, you can't watch anything on TV, and, and, and we got in this new house, and, it, well, new to me, old, older than my other one, but I, could, I had a washroom door, and you can shut it, and it decreases the sound. It was so nice. That was the biggest perk for me. You can decrease the sound inside the house. You can't hear something as well by shutting the door. That doesn't work outside though, right? But look what he says. He says, those, uh, and the doors shall be shut in the streets. How, did, how is sound decreased in that way? Because our hearing starts to fade. I guess it used to be Nolan and I who do that. I'm all alone doing this now. It does help. You can hear better. Nolan has a hearing aid, so he doesn't do that anymore, I noticed. But he used to. Our, our hearing starts to fade. This is what he's, he's continually talking about this stuff. And, and so the sound reduced that we're reading about here, it, it has to do with our hearing and uh, the, the fading in it. And we continue in verse 4. And it says, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. However, somehow the slightest sound disturbs us and we can't sleep through the night. When, when we, the, the hearing's faded, but we hear that little irritating thing in the night. I put up a new ceiling fan the other day and it had a little tick, 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 tick. Shelly says, I can't hear a thing but I could hear that ceiling fan ticking. So I I went and got a big old nail, and I I just set it up in there and put a little pressure on it. Tick went away. But that thing would have kept me awake all night. My hearing's fading, but that thing would have kept me awake all night. That's just what he's talking about here. Look at the, continue, go to the end of verse 4. And all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Commentators have some different thoughts on this. But as we look at the subject and what's going on here, it's, it's easy for me to see that, that the singing voice, the voice gets weaker with time. There was a church I was in and for a while, and the man who played the piano used to lead the music. And I couldn't believe it because his voice is scratchy. And, and is he, when, when he tries to sing, it, it can't come out like he wants it to. I understand he used to lead the music, had a beautiful voice, but he started losing his voice. At the, at the villa's anniversary, not this past year, but the year before, a lady stood up and she sang, and she sang clear and she sang loud. And after she sat down, I learned she was 97 years old. That's very rare. That's very rare because the, the voice, you, you lose your voice. And, and there's a weakening we're reading of, of the, the voice in, in singing or in talking even. Nolan's pretty different in that, in that he, he still has a singing voice and it's good, but it's rare. And then we look at a scare in verse 5. It says, also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high... 
when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fears shall be in the way. Take that for exactly what it's talking about, being afraid of heights. Man, so some of us, we used to climb ladders, and we'd be 20 foot in there, and it, it wouldn't matter. Later on in life, we, we get up that ladder, and it feels a little different. You're kind of gripping that ladder a little harder, and, and, and there's a fear that comes with that, not, not just of heights, but of, but of other things. And, uh, and, and so there's a, there's a scare, if you will, that, that comes with age. I remember a lady at the village years and years ago, sweet Miss Olivia, and Olivia's prayer request was for courage. And that's because, though a wonderful Christian woman, later in her life, she was tempted by, by fear of things. And, and I'll never forget, forget that prayer request she had for courage. And that, that's just the way it goes. And we read about it here. That's what happens. And as we continue in verse 5, it says, And the almond tree shall flourish from the stems of a pink flower when the almond tree blossoms that the stems of that pink flower it turns white and then it falls and and so you think of the hair turning white the hair turning gray and the hair turning white in old in older age as we mature in years and and uh that's what happens there's a there's a Baptist church with a Sunday school class in this area. It's, it's um, the mature ladies, and the name of their class is the Silver Bells because they all looked around and saw that their hair was silver and white. And, and so we, we go on here in verse 5, and it says, And the grasshopper shall be a burden. Let me just say it this way. As the age goes up, the RPMs go down. You know, we slow down some. I really thought I was hanging, hanging with those guys on the basketball court sometime, and they said, one of them said, Brother Kennedy, you, look, you know you look like you're in slow motion, right, when you're, when you're dribbling to the basket or whatever. And, and it, hey, it's just part of it. You know, I, I've had some teenagers through the years take those age shots, and one of them wouldn't talk about getting older. He said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to find some way. I'm not, because, uh, because my response will be, you're going to be there one day. And, and no, I'm not. Well, well, it's coming. It's coming. And that's what we're reading about and, and understanding here. There's the scare, the silver hair, the slowing down. And, and let's look at the stir in verse 5 at the end of the verse. And desire shall fail. Anyone who tries to be specific about a certain desire here, I, I disagree with that. You can't look in the original language and try to pinpoint something certain that he's speaking about concerning desire. And, and as I think about what happens in life, it's, it's desire in many areas. Sometimes there's no desire for an appetite. I went to a funeral service one time at a church and, and the preacher said that he was, he was a heavy man and he said, some people told me I need to quit eating so much. I tell them I thank God for an appetite because desire goes away even with, with, with an appetite. Desire in life 
Something that can happen later in life is that we're just fine at home alone and away from everybody and we, we don't get out the desire to socialize, the desire to, to live. And I'm not talking about a death wish, I'm just talking about everyday living. I mean, I've seen what I'm talking about because my, my own dear father, who's in glory now, he either sat in his recliner or he was in his bed or he was walking with a walker between the bed and the recliner for the last 10 years of his life. It could be the most beautiful weather outside. And I'd say, Dad, let's go out on the porch. He always loved going outside. He had no desire. No, don't take me out. on the... he, he had no desire. That desire can, can, can leave. I, I go back to our last lesson about staying active and keeping on. It's so very important. And, and, and I'm going to underline that part right there. And desire shall fail. That, that's not absolute. That it, that it has to be that way. But that's the temptation of what could so easily happen. I don't want to lose desire in life. I don't want to lose desire for the good things in life that God gives. But, it, but it's tempting. And it could come. Verse 6, Or even the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Let me just sum all of that up with the physical machinery of life slows down and ends up that it stops working. Whether, whether this be talking about a weakening of the spine or a stroke or a heart attack, people liken these phrases to different things. Uh, the circulatory system, the, the circulation in the lower legs. Sometimes people don't get good circulation down there later in life. Things like that. The, the physical machinery of life starts breaking down. And then verse 7 then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Now he's, he's talking about death. Did we, really go, did we really just talk about everything we just talked about and go through that? And, and what would the reason be? Remember, Let's go back to verse 1 again. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, the, the days and the experiences we just mentioned, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. There's a motivation for us right where we are with what we have and the ability we have right now. God has us right here in this day and time as we are. We're not what we were but, but we're, we're not down the road yet. And we need to use everything we can for God right now. And that's a satisfied life. That's a satisfied life to do that. But as far as the, the things that we face with age, I, I, can't, I, I don't have you know, much influence if I'm talking about any, anything I'm experiencing physically compared to to those who are more mature than I am. 
But as I read through those things and related to some things, it surely made me want to close with this. And that is, one day every child of God is going to be, be going to glory. And when we go to glory, these storms of life, they are going to be no more. We're going to be able to lift up holy hands without straining, and they're not going to shake, and we're going to praise the Lord. We're going to be able to hear praise to the Lord. We're going to be able to shout with a strong voice in praise and worship to our God. That's what's coming one day when we're face to face with the Lord. And fears, fears shall be no more in that day. We're going to be full of zeal all the time. God's going to give us a new body that we might serve Him all the time. That's what's going to be going on in heaven. And so we go back, remember. Remember in your youth. Remember in, the, in what you have right now. Use it for God. Serve God with your life. Serve God with all the strength that you have. And so we will, we will finish this book with the next chapter, but Solomon looks in all of his wisdom and his experience and everything that he went to in the world to try to fulfill him, it was like cotton candy. It was like a vapor. It was gone. And so he thinks about the desires that some can have apart from the things of God. And even... Even going back to the young, young people are very important to God right now. And they can serve God right now with their life, and that's what He wants from them. And I don't know what God will do with this message in your heart and your life tonight, but that's what God's Word had to say to us this evening. And we're about to close in prayer, and I, I would like to ask that you please remember Brother Mike Smith's daughter, Amanda, in prayer, um, would you like to give a short explanation of what's going on with her brother? She's got thyroid problems, and she's getting a garter around her neck, and they're going to have to treat it. So it can be serious. I'd like to keep her in the prayers. Something related to the lymph nodes, and, and so his daughter Amanda is in, in great need of our prayer. So let's please pray for her. And David Myrick, would you close our Bible study in a word of prayer tonight, brother?